You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hey friends, and welcome to episode number 82 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I am going to be telling you the secrets that I know about how to grow celery from seed. So I feel like celery is one of those really polarizing vegetables. You either love it or you hate it. If you are one of those people who absolutely loves celery, loves the cool, fresh crunch of it, especially in the summertime, you should definitely learn how to grow celery from seed because it's honestly a lot easier than you might think as long as you know a few kind of tips and tricks. And that's what I'm going over today. But first, a word from our sponsor. So I'm sure you've all seen that Pinterest quote-unquote hack where you can grow celery from scraps, like the very bottom of the heart of celery. Does it work? Technically, yes. Okay, yes, it does. But it is really, really slow. It takes a few months to grow a single stalk of celery. So I don't really recommend it if you absolutely love celery. I would recommend that you learn how to grow celery from seed so that you can harvest a whole bunch at once or you can grow it in your garden and you can kind of cut and come again. And I will talk about that here in a bit. But I do want to tell you growing celery from seed is fun and honestly, like I said in the intro, it's fairly easy. You just have to know kind of a few secrets to it. How do I know they work? because I had to find them out the hard way. So here's everything I know about how to grow celery from seed. First of all, celery seeds are tiny, 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 tiny. They are probably the smallest seeds I have ever planted in my life. Smaller than poppy seeds, smaller than a pinhead. They are super tiny. And seeds that small have to be planted with care. When you're sowing them for an early indoor start, which I recommend, you'll find that everybody recommends that. It's not recommended that you plant it directly outside. You will want to cover them with just a dusting, a bare dusting of sterile seed starting mix. Like I always say, use sterile seed starting mix. Seriously, no more than an eighth of an inch, if that. Otherwise, they will have a hard time emerging. The seed starting mix that I recommend, by the way, I have a link to in the sister post for this episode on my blog, beeandbasil.com. It'll take you to a page on Amazon where you can purchase it if you wish, or if you just want to like learn a little bit more about it, read a bunch of reviews, but I've used it for years and it has never failed me. It's light and fluffy and it's perfect for letting little seeds grow up and out, especially teeny tiny celery seeds. After you plant make sure you mist lightly with a spray bottle. Like I always say, never, ever, ever water your newly planted seeds from above. 
And then after that, water only from the bottom using a seed starting tray with a reservoir. This is non-negotiable for starting celery from seed. Some types of seeds, especially if they're bigger, you know, they will put up with overhead watering. They won't get that easily dislodged. But celery, you have to, have to, have to do it this way. You have to water from below, only misting the top with a spray bottle right after you plant. Again, also, I have a link on the sister post for the seed starting trays that I use that have a reservoir that allow you to water from below. It's honestly really handy, holds a decent amount of water, and you don't have to water constantly. It'll hold water underneath there until, you know, the water in the soil above evaporates, and then it will kind of naturally, through osmosis, pull up some more. The second thing I would have to say about growing celery from seed is be patient. Oh my gosh. Celery seed is probably one of the slowest germinating seeds I have ever grown. So not only is it the tiniest, but it's also the slowest. It can take up to two weeks, 14 days to sprout. Most seeds will sprout in half that time, less than half that time. So You know, don't despair if you don't see anything happening by day five or day seven, because you probably won't. Wait until days, I would say, 10 to 14. That's when the real reliable seed sprouting action happens. And you'll have to look really, really close. Like, get your face down in there. I'm serious. Tiny seeds make for teeny, teeny, tiny seedlings. So, I mean, you can see if you want to, if you go to the sister post for this episode, I actually have a picture of a just sprouted celery seedling with my fingertip, and I have pretty small fingers, you know, in in the photo frame for reference. So, so tiny when they first come out. So you really have to look. The third thing I would say that is really important to growing celery from seed and then growing celery just in general is do not skimp on the water. Keep that seed starting mix consistently moist do not let it dry out at all. Celery is a marsh plant. So like if you went to find it out in the wild, you know, it's it's cousins that haven't been refined through, you know, decades and decades of um, careful selection of different varieties. If you found it out in the wild, you would find it in swampy, marshy areas. It likes swampy, wet conditions that, you know, it's just That's how it naturally is, the conditions that it likes to grow in. So letting it dry out to drought stress it, like you might do for other seedlings, like right before you plant them outside, for instance, is is not recommended with celery. It could actually prove detrimental to it. So I do not recommend that. Make sure that it is always damp, the, the seed starting mix for it. Tip number four for starting celery from seed would be repot after they take off. They can handle it. Oh my goodness. Celery seedlings are some of the sturdiest, strongest seedlings I think I have ever worked with. And once your seedlings get their first one or two true leaves, and definitely by the time they get their third and fourth, they're going to need to be repotted. So because they are very strong seedlings, celery ends up having a really pretty robust root system. And that root system is a lot larger under the soil where you can't see it than you might think when looking at 
just the top of the plant. So pretty soon it will get, it'll start to get root bound and it'll stop growing and the roots will start trailing out of the watering hole in the bottom of the seed starting tray. So those roots are pretty significant, even if they don't seem like it, you don't even want to give them a chance to, to get root browned or they will, or they will slow down, stop growing altogether. Do not be shy. Like I said, when you go to repot them, they are strong. They can handle the move. Just be as gentle as you can if you're kind of unraveling roots. If you have planted more than one seed per seed starting cell in the tray, I do it all the time. It doesn't hurt anything. You just have to be gentle when you're teasing those roots apart. Um, and then I use the same seed starting mix when I repot them. Some people use potting soil. I prefer to use seed starting mix. You're going to get different opinions no matter where you go. I have just found that using seed starting mix when I repot honestly helps my seedlings kind of take off and get going pretty quickly after I repot them because they're familiar with that substrate, with that seed starting substance. Make sure the pots have holes in the bottom so that you can continue to water from below. So I really like to use just like simple four inch pots. I also have a link to those on the sister post for this episode. They have holes in the bottom so that you can you can just kind of set them into a tray of water and, and they will just continue to take up that water from below. Tip number five would be to transplant as soon as you can outside because celery takes forever. So in the beginning of this episode, I talked about how, you know, you can technically grow a celery stalk from like that cutting of the base of celery if you bought it at the grocery store and it would take forever. Celery just grows slowly in general. It needs a long, long season. So in my USDA hardiness zone, which is zone 6A, I plant my celery out in April and I don't harvest the bulk of it until September. You can harvest, you know, before then. And again, I'll I'll go over that in a second, but I, I don't bring it in all of it until September. And that's five months. Five months is a long time, you guys. That's a long season. It pretty much means that that plot of soil that you're using for your celery won't be used for anything else that whole gardening season. Do not plan to do any succession planting in that area. You know, make sure that you plan accordingly with your garden plan if you are planning to plant celery. While there is still some pretty chilly weather, um, you know, where I live in April, I have found that celery actually handles temperatures above 35 degrees, you know, upper 30s, low 40s, just fine. It's actually pretty hardy. So make sure if there is a freeze, though, anything kind of below 35, especially anything below 32 degrees, if that's forecast in your area after you transplant, just make sure you're putting a frost blanket on it and maybe mulching around it with a little extra straw just to protect it from the worst of the cold. Tip number six would be to transplant in lots of compost and again, water constantly. So like I said, celery is a marsh plant. It needs to be transplanted in soil that has a lot of organic matter worked in. Why is that? Well, it's because organic matter is way better at absorbing moisture and holding it there, holding it in 
than say topsoil or garden soil or maybe just like the soil that's native to your yard, to your area. So it does a much better job of staying consistently moist. I honestly transplant my celery in just like straight up piles of compost, like just compost. I don't mix any dirt in with it. I just let it grow in compost. And that has honestly worked really, really well for me. So I do kind of recommend that as as a way to grow your celery. Also, you'll need to water your celery more than just about every other fruit or vegetable in your garden. Just like when you were starting the seeds, you honestly want to keep the soil damp all the time, just like the celery would experience if it was naturally out in a marsh or in a swamp. The plants will still grow if you let the soil dry out a little. They won't just like up and die, but you'll find that if celery plants don't get enough water, the insides of the stalks will have this like pithy, dry texture, and it'll taste very, very strong and very, very bitter. And that can be okay in small doses. You know, I I have harvested some celery that has been like that, and it's honestly okay in soups and stews where it's cut up pretty small and you, you know, that celery flavor kind of gets diminished a little by, by the length of time that you're cooking it, but you do not want to eat it raw. Anything that doesn't get as much water as it should have out in the garden um, is going to be really unpleasant to eat when it's raw. So um, no ants on a log <laughs> come snack, snack time with celery that's been underwatered. You know, that, that snack that has a celery stick with peanut butter and and raisins on it. Um, That is not what you will want to use it for if it doesn't get enough water during the growing season. Tip number seven is that celery gets hungry. Celery is a heavy feeder. So when learning to grow celery from seed, it's, it's important to remember that you will need to plan on feeding it about every two weeks. And compared to a lot of plants in your garden, honestly, that's a lot. That is a lot of fertilizing. You know, some plants you can get away with with fertilizing every three or so weeks or even every month during the growing season. So this is up to twice as much as, as some of the other plants in your garden. I use a mixture of fish emulsion and liquid kelp, diluted according to the, the manufacturer directions with water. And then I apply it to my celery plants every other week. I kind of use it as a just an additional opportunity to make sure that they're getting enough water. You just kind of get some extra nutrients along with it. The liquid format, you know, makes it easier for the plant to take up the extra nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium that it needs as well. Number eight, tip number eight would be don't try to interplant anything too close to celery. So like I said, celery requires a long season and you're not going to be able to use that plot for anything else in terms of succession planting. It's also important to kind of plan ahead though in terms of companion planting with celery because celery gets big. You know how in the grocery store, celery is always in these nice tight bundles of stalks. Well, they don't They don't grow that way naturally. They only get that way if you train them to grow that way by tying up the stalks, kind of bundling together as the plant grows with like a soft cloth tie. So it is possible to train them to grow that way, but they don't naturally grow that way without human intervention. 
celery wants to spread out like any other plant and it will right into neighboring plants. So make sure you give it some room. Don't try to sow things between rows of celery or too close outside a row of celery unless it's really low growing and, and doesn't require a lot of nutrients from the soil and doesn't mind a lot of shade. So a really good example would be something like, you know, leafy greens like spinach that you are planning to harvest as baby spinach. Pretty regularly, the plant, you're never going to let it get too big. You know, leafy greens don't require a lot of nutrients from the soil. They typically don't mind a little bit of shade as well. So that is that is something that, that you can plant near your celery. But keep in mind, the little bit of nutrients it is going to need, they are going to be taking that from the celery. So you're going to have to make sure that you keep up on your fertilization schedule. I have found, though, that transplanting celery seedlings between rows of garlic in the spring works really well. So in my zone... Garlic is planted in October or November, in the fall. Um, that gives it a chance to establish roots before going dormant and then pick back right up when spring, you know, things start warming up again and it's ready to be pulled in July. So if I know that, okay, my garlic is going to be ready to be pulled in July, but I can plant out my celery in between the rows of garlic in April, that honestly, I'm pulling my garlic in July right about the time when the celery starts to get really big. You just have to make sure that while you're pulling something like garlic when you're digging it up, you don't disturb the celery. You make sure that you give it enough space, but it is a great way to maximize space. So kind of planting it in between things that you may have planted in the previous fall. Tip number nine would be that celery has its problems too. Even though it's a very pungent tasting vegetable, a few pests will still come after celery. So be on the lookout for things like army worms, carrot aphids, carrot flies, and slugs. And, and because I would say celery has a lot of pests that like carrots, I would not interplant celery with carrots because then if your carrots have an issue, you know, those, those same pests will hop on over to your celery. So I, even though they might technically go together well from a pers pest perspective, it's better proactively to kind of spread them apart a little. Also, celery can fall prey to a lot of fungal and bacterial diseases, just like any plant, like a lot, a lot. I have a link to a page that has a really good list of them along with pictures of what symptoms look like in the sister post for this episode. So good grief. I say, I feel like I've said that a lot of times this episode, but there's just, there's a lot of links in the sister post for this episode, we'll say. And as always, you can find them in the show notes for this episode. Tip number 10 you don't have to harvest the whole plant at once. Yes, celery is a cut and come again vegetable. It's one of the best things about growing it from seed. That means you can go out and cut off like the two stalks that you need for that recipe, which by the way, why is it always only two stalks of celery for every recipe? I swear, that's the worst thing about buying celery at the store is you need two stalks and the rest of it just like goes all wilty and gross in, in the refrigerator after that. But if you grow it yourself, you can go out, you can cut the two stalks that you need and then leave the rest of the plant to grow for a later day or a later snack time. Just make sure you keep watering and fertilizing it in the meantime. 
My final tip also has to do with harvesting, and that is you can freeze or even dehydrate celery. So, okay, even if you've been cutting and coming again, unless you really, really love celery, there will come a point in fall where you will have to harvest all your celery before the frosts come in and kill it. But even if you overestimated your household's love of celery, and I'm speaking from experience here, I like celery, Mr. B likes celery, but man, did I plant too much of it the first time I planted it. And you have way too much at harvest time like I did, that's okay. Just cut the celery up into a few different sizes, so diced, chopped, what have you, and then freeze it in a vacuum with a vacuum seal food saver system. It's actually really, really great because when you're making soup or stew or stuffing or pilaf, what have you, in the wintertime, you just open that vacuum seal bag, measure out, you know, some celery. I find that two celery stalks is usually about half a cup of celery. So if you're, you know, if it calls for two celery stalks, measure out half a cup from your from your frozen bag of pieces. And then reseal the bag and return it to the freezer. Super, super handy. If you don't have room in the freezer, like let's say you have a ton of celery or you don't have a deep freeze. You're limited to just the, the freezer that's attached to your refrigerator. You can also dehydrate celery with a food dehydrator. And then when you throw it in, the dehydrated celery, when you throw it in with your soup or stew or what have you, when you cook it with everything else, it will get rehydrated and give whatever you're making that signature celery flavor boost. So in either of these situations, will the celery be crunchy? No, do not expect celery that has been frozen or dehydrated and reconstituted to be crunchy. It will not be. But we really don't want that in soups or stews. Typically, we want it for its flavor. So, you know, freezing and dehydrating it works really, really well for later use if you have too much of it. That also goes for if you buy it at the store. Da, da, da. If you notice it started getting wilty and it's not so great for fresh eating anymore, you can chop it up into small pieces and put it in your freezer and reduce your waste in your household that way. So... That is everything that I know about growing celery. And honestly, now that I've run through all of it, it's a lot. And again, I had to learn a lot of it the hard way. Ooh, really quick. And I need to add this to the sister post. I'm realizing I didn't say this, but if you don't know what to do with your celery leaves, people throw celery leaves away a lot, but honestly, they have a ton of nutrients in them. I think I've read that they, ha they have even more nutrients than the celery stems. So definitely worth eating those celery leaves. If eating the celery leaves is like they're too strong for you, it's just not your thing, I would still recommend freezing them and then you can throw them in chicken stock or vegetable stock that you make at home yourself. So definitely ways to use those celery leaves up without throwing them away. If it's not possible for you to make your own stock, um, whether it's chicken or vegetable stock at home, worst case scenario, you can just compost those leaves. But I wanted to throw those few ideas out there. In the next episode, I am going to be talking about seedlings, seeds, you can start in February. So I love February because even though it's a short month, it can seem really, really long because you start to feel like you're kind of close to spring. 
But then it like snows or sleets or something again and you realize it's still kind of far away. But you can get a dose of spring inside when you start from seed and you have all these teeny tiny little seedlings inside. So I'm going to go over the things that you can start in February. That way, if you are interested in starting seeds, you know, your own seedlings from home, you can check that out, give that a listen, and it might give you some ideas for what um, you're able to start this early in the season. And again, just a reminder, if you are thinking about starting seeds, your own seedlings at home, having your own seedling nursery, I do have my online course. It's hosted on Udemy, and I will have the link to that in the show notes for this as well. You can watch a preview, the introduction to it for free, kind of see what it's all about. But I put it together, really kind of proud of it, really details in very specific ways how I go about my whole seed starting process, if that's something that you've been looking for help with. So that's what's coming up for the next episode and what's out there on the internets right now in terms of seed starting help. Thank you so very much for listening, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.